It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. She said it's cold outside and she hears me wearing cold. Sporting Capital, we got a big, big last hour coming your way. Felix von Hoff about to join me. Nick Maddinson from the Victorian cricket team as well. Still plenty of sport to get through. And we'll take your calls right up until 10 o'clock. 1-300-736-736-0433-98-11-16. Ronnie says, I'd love to reverse the great tagster's fall, although he's ended up on his feet. Pardon the pun. He's now living a life in constant pain. Always donated to the National Jockeys Trust. That is true. That's a very good uh, nomination for what you would reverse in the world of sport. Uh, we've got live sport going on as well. Just before we get to Felix, uh, the A-League is on and it's full time and the Melbourne Victory have beaten Western United 2-1. So a late, couple of late goals from Melbourne Victory. Both of them scored in stoppage time by Damien De Silva has meant that the Melbourne Victory have won 2-1. Uh, in the NBL overnight, Bryce Cotton just solidified himself as a out-and-out superstar, which we already knew. Uh, he won his fourth Andrew Gaze Award and is uh, league MVP. Needs three to catch Gazy. And a man, well, we always go to the best in the business when it uh, comes to uh, NBL. And we've got that in uh, ESPN NBL expert, an all-round good guy and good-looking rooster in uh, Felix von Hoff. Hello, von Hoffington. When I heard that intro, I thought, I was. One, I wonder who else is on the line here. <laughs> there must be someone else. Is Gazy about to join? No. <laughs> Derek Rucker, sure. No, no, no. We go to the very best. Very best. I asked Cam Luke today, who do I get on? And he, well, he gave me your phone number. So uh, <laughs> I said... There could have been a lot of things that you asked Cam Luke and he would have given you my phone number. I reckon this is, so I'm glad it was, it was something positive. This is true. How are you, Felix? I haven't seen you in a while. What's going on? Good. No, I'm going well. Interestingly, I was just in the car listening. to Unfortunately, it was another radio station. It was FM radio. Oh. Was one of those Taylor Swift contests. Oh, yeah. And where they play the first second of a song, and I got all six of them right. <laughs> so I think I've heard it that much over the last week. It's ingrained in my head at the moment. There you go. You've just finished basketball training. How is Gazy? He's, uh, is, he, is he driving you hard at the moment? Uh, it, we could win a game by 60, and, and Gazy would find something to, to pick his hair out about. <laughs> And it's starting to thin a little bit up top, so you find something. But no, there is, you will not find, I say this all the time, it's Andrew and his father, Lindsay Gaze, you will not find people that have given back to their sport mm. almost across the world more than Gaze. He's there tonight doing it for free, yelling, screaming, the most passion you will see, more passion than professional coaches that get paid for this stuff. And I'll tell you what, it's something to admire, and sometimes you just got to sit back sometimes and appreciate that, yeah, this is our country's best player. Absolutely. And it was his awards night last night. And Bryce Cotton, well, he's edging ever closer to him now, Felix. Four MVPs. He, he's getting into uncharted territory at the moment. He might be the greatest NBL player we've seen in some time. What would you make of last night and him winning his fourth? Look, I, I think it was fantastic. And, and the fact that he's not just winning these MVPs, you know, it's, it's a close contest towards the end. Oh, who's going to win it? And he, he just gets it. He wins them by a mile. Like, the, he's the bookie's favourite halfway through the season, sitting at $1.20. 
And it's been like that so many times. You know what? He should have five. Andrew Bogut won one when, you know, no fault of Andrew Bogut's, but it should have been Bryce Cotton's. And every time I hear people try to get in this debate about is he the greatest import of all time, it's just it's just cannon fodder for radio chat because <laughs> he is 100% the greatest import we've seen, the championships, the MVPs. And look, you know, the Perth Wildcats are sitting second on the table at the moment. I think they've got a red-hot chance of winning it again this year if they do that then, you know, he solidifies himself as absolutely, no question, the greatest import of all time. But he's done it with such class as well. Like, mm. when he gets up there and he gives these speeches and he just exudes this sort of elite-level athlete where, you know, they put the performance in, they put the recovery and all of this sort of stuff, and they don't rest on their laurels. It's not like he wins a couple of awards and championships and, oh, okay, now I'm going to enjoy myself. It's like, no, how do I get better the next year? So it's going to be dangerous. He's still fairly young, so it's going to be dangerous to see. Yeah, 31 years old, and he could play, and he's not going anywhere. You know, he's an NBL player, and he's not going to be going back to the NBA, even though he is capable of doing that. It's just he's very, very comfortable where he is. He's going to be staying at the Wildcats long term, so it's going to be remarkable where he's at, touch wood, forbid injury, anything else, where he finishes his career. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that because I, I did discuss it a little bit earlier when I was promoing that you were coming on. I, I was interested. You know, sometimes when players are just in the league for so long, they win all these accolades and then they just vanish from the NBL or from different leagues around the country. It's good to – so I, I assume he said that or you, you just got a good gauge of the fact that he's just going to finish his career in the NBL? He said before that he, he actually – you know, he wants to be referred to as the greatest import of all time. And he likes being a one-club player. So he said that that's what he wants to do. And look, the the Wildcats, you know, they already pay him about as much as you could possibly play, pay a player. They're not, mm-hmm. there's no club's going to be beating that. The Wildcats are one of the most profitable clubs in the league, of course, within the SCN family now, of yes. course. And I just don't think that they're going to, no club's going to be able to, they might offer him the same money, but they're not going to be able to offer him as much as what the Wildcats do. He's playing in front of 15,000 every week. It's just, you know, once you've settled into life over there and you're not, you're happy living away from society, then once you settle into that, you very rarely pry them away from it. Absolutely. Bryce Cotton, 118 votes. He beat out Chris Golding, who's had a great season, 53 votes. He mentioned there that wasn't even close. And Chris Golding's a a superstar. (laughs) Yeah, Chris Golding's a superstar, one of his best years in the league at 35 or whatever he's sitting at now. But Bryce Cotton had a terrible first sort of seven (laughs) games of the year. He had the worst worst start to the career. There was people out there saying he was done. They were saying, oh, he's too old. He's finished. You know, they've worked out how to guard him. And then he just comes around and does that. So it's a, it's a really, it's a remarkable turnaround. And it's, you know, it's shown in the Wildcat success as well. They were dead in the water. God, the fans were calling. They were coming for Hutchie. They were coming for the coach. They were coming for Bryce Cotton. They were coming for, they were coming, they were about to storm the capital SEN in Melbourne at one point there. I thought it was going to be a January 6 operation on the office in, the, in South Melbourne there. But they, they just completely turned it around. And you know, that's the sort of passion you want, but it just shows you how important he mm. is. There's, there's no more valuable player, you know, obviously he wins the award, but there is no more valuable player than Bryce Cotton in the league. Yeah, 23.1 points, 4, 4.3 assists a game. He was a league scoring champion, and he adds the 2024 MVP to 2018-2020 and 2021. And as you said, he could well be a five-timer. I mean, his, his impact on this league, he's put us on the map, I think. Where are we at with – is he ever going to play for Australia, or does that look dead in, dead in the water? No, it, it looks dead in the water, unfortunately. And, you know, I, I think it's stupid when people come out and say, oh, but we don't need a Bryce Cotton. We need to develop Australian talent. We need to win medals. I don't care whether we whack a 
kangaroo on LeBron's back. What have we got to do? Just get the best players we can possibly have. And Paddy Mills is getting older, and he proved in the World Cup that maybe he's just a step slower than he was in the past. Bryce Cotton is exactly what we need because our entire boomers team, our entire national team, is filled with role-playing NBA players. You know, guys that play 20 minutes and they you know, shoot a few threes and then play great defense on the other end, it's hard to then step into this role where you've got to be a scorer. And I hate the word. I'll slap myself for saying it, but you've got to be an alpha male. <laughs> it's, it's hard to step into that role when you've been playing that sort of secondary, sort of third-line position in the NBA. And, and we need a guy that's used to playing 38 minutes and, he, and scoring when he gets the ball. And Bryce Cotton could definitely do that at the FIBA level. But... Unfortunately, the uh, you know there's, there's bigger issues in the country at the moment than uh, Bryce Cotton citizenship. So it appears they're dealing with they're dealing with those before they get to that. Yeah, disappointing for sure. Hey, let's broaden our uh, horizons a little bit. The coach of the year was won by Dean Vickerman. I think he's third from memory. Uh, Melbourne yep. United coach. They finished on top. Obviously, twenty wins, eight losses. Probably the right call in the end, uh, Felix. Yeah, definitely. I think the fairy tale story was Justin Tatum, but there just wasn't enough runs on the board. Now. If you award this award, which I think it should be, totally at the end of the season, and the Illawarra Hawks make a run and they make it to the championship game, then maybe Justin Tatum can be deserving of the award. But I think they started top, they finished top. You've got to give the award there to Dean Vickerman. And, you know, as much as the the sexy option, for lack of a better term, was Justin (laughs) Tatum rather than the guy with arguably the best team in Dean Vickerman. But I think the the right decision was made there. And it was funny on the night because, you know, I was sitting there on the table and you could always, you always sort of knew who was going to win the award because the camera would be situated right next to them. Now, you know, at the Brownlow, they've got about 30 cameras roaming. At the NBL there last night, we only had the one camera roaming. (laughs) So you knew who was going to get the award. Now, it was positioned next to Justin Tatum. And I think the cameraman realised what people were picking up on and he switched it at the last second to Dean Vickerman. So he's, he's faked everyone out thinking it was going to be Justin Tatum there. But, uh, yeah, some tricky work by the cameraman on the night. Absolutely. What about the rest of the awards? We'll go through a couple of them. Any that surprised or were they all pretty stock standard? Sean McDonald won the most improved player from Tasmania. The best six man was Ian Clark of Melbourne. Uh, defensive player of the year, Shay Illy, which I think was long, long uh, lauded as what was going to be the case there. And the Next Generation Award went to Sam Froling, the executive of the year, Nick Trulson from Melbourne United. Anything there that... Shocked you stood out, or was that all pretty stock standard? No, it was all pretty stock standard. Look, in the first first and second uh, NBL teams were both, you know, they were fairly easy to pinpoint there since they changed the rules where it didn't have to be exact positions. You could just choose any player, and it was pretty, there was pretty clear five ahead of the rest that were easy to pick there. But I think the, the great story out of it was Sean McDonald winning most improved because he's still a development player, which means he isn't totally contracted on the team. Now, he will be next year, but this year he wasn't expected to play much. And then he came in and had a fantastic season for, you know, he didn't have a fantastic season for the team that finished his last and just had to blood a whole bunch of young players. He did it for the team that's sitting third on the ladder and, and had a really good season. So I think that's a fantastic story. And that's another just an Aussie guy who didn't go over to college he stayed over here and he went through the, the NBL one, the Siebel back in the day. He was at Melbourne United as a development player. They said, we don't want you back. Tasmania said, we'll take you. And he, and he got some really good opportunity and, and he seized it. So I think the feel-good story of the night was definitely Sean McDonald winning that one. Absolutely. NBL finals coming up as well. Hey, before we get on to the NBL finals, and we won't keep you too much longer, I noticed that uh, former, well, he's played for about 17 teams, but Boston Celtics was probably when I watched him the most. Isaiah Thomas, not the former uh, Detroit Piston, but... 
Uh, the former Boston Celtics player is in town and didn't rule out. He said, if I got an offer from the NBL, I'd come. He's 35 years old. That might be a nice coup for the NBL if they can get him. Yeah, well, the interesting thing is with, with some of these guys, now we had Dwight Howard as well showing interest. And, you know, Dwight Howard's, a, from what I've heard, is a strong possibility to play for a team in the NBL next year. Wow. That's a, there, there is quite a few clubs that are currently, he wants to play. Dwight Howard wants to play. It's just about which clubs will he fit in because the league's gotten to a point now where we don't want gimmicks. You know, it's, teams are they're, they're profitable entities. They're, they're playing to win games. They're not just going to bring a guy in because he's got, you know, NBA caliber or things like that. The league's at a good enough standard now where, you know, sometimes these guys get found out and they're not as good in the league. Now, Isaiah Thomas is good enough where I think any team would be smart enough to take him. And I'd be shocked if he wasn't currently in talks because the best pathway back to the NBA for these guys is not going through Europe where the time zones are all shocking and it's, there's not a huge amount of connection to the NBA, is to come through the NBL. And especially with you know the Next Stars program, the number one pick in the draft this year, Alex Saar, is playing for the Wildcats. So there are scouts everywhere at all these games. Any NBL game you go to, there's three or four NBA scouts that are watching these young guys. So why wouldn't you, as Isaiah Thomas, want to play here? Now, Dwight Howard is another guy that wants to make it back in the NBA. He's, he's you know, the playing in the NBL is the best option because if he comes in and averages 20 and 10, then they can compare that to what he would probably be like in the NBA because he's playing against some other sort of NBA bodies. So it's, yeah, I know that Dwight Howard is, look, I wouldn't be shocked if he was in the NBL next year if they could find the right fit and they know that he's 100% checked into to winning games. But, yeah, I'd, I'd hope that Isaiah Thomas is in those talks as well. It'd be big coup for the uh, NBL if they can get a couple of former NBA superstars and certainly put yeah. eyes on uh, on the, I guess, the big show down here as well. And it, it seems like the NBL is just building and building and building very nicely across the world and we're getting a bit more recognition. No, it's huge. But it, it's for the amount of times that, um, you know, people will say, oh, you know, I, I watched this, you know, back, you know, even... Four years ago, no, no one would really mention it. You mentioned, oh, the NBL's on tonight. Whereas, you know, I've got I've got text messages coming asking me for a same game multi from people that <laughs> I never even knew watched the basketball. That's always a good guide to see if people are tuning in. But no, it is. It's definitely growing and growing. And when you've got a guy like Larry Kesselman, the owner of the league, who's really not scared to push the envelope, I think it's a real good. There's a lot of sports out there that could could do with running the model the same way that Larry Kesselman does. Because if Larry Kesselman wants something done, he gets it done. And if he thinks something might work, he just goes bang and he goes for it. And I think the NBL has been the beneficiary of a lot of those decisions that have gone the right way for the league. Now, they can always go both ways. Some things have failed, but a majority of it he's gotten right. And I think we can all be very thankful that we've got someone like that in charge and the, the team that he's assembled around it. Dave Stephenson, of course, the CEO as well, pushing this thing forward. And look, you're only scratching the surface at the moment. Talking all things hoops with uh, Felix von Hoff. Felix, before we let you go, a couple of days now. Well, we're about a week out from the playoffs beginning in the NBL. Tassie v. Illawarra. Sydney taking on New Zealand as well. And Melbourne United all just sitting back waiting to see who they take on. What do you think is going to happen and what will be the storyline of this uh, final series? Well, the biggest storyline for me is there's 18 days rest for the Wildcats Mm. and Melbourne United, which that's tough. That's tough to have 18 days off and then go straight into playing against a team who's played, you know, one of these teams will have played the last two previous weeks, which is which is tough. And in basketball, you don't want to take too much time off. They haven't had 18 days off since before the season. 
And, you know, these teams don't have, it's not footy. It's not physical where you need all that rest and you let the body recover. You can go the next week. So it's going to be interesting to see whether some of these teams, you know, give up a, a heavy lead at the start of the game in Melbourne or Perth. I, I reckon it's, it's real danger signs. And I know that their CEOs and, and front office do have a little bit of concern over how they're going to react to that sort of break. You know, game simulation is only so much. But, look, I'll, I'll tell you what, the, the team that I am going for throughout the finals, I will be Illawarra. I think this, this Justin Tatum story is so good, the way that he's turned this thing around, that if they were to be able to make a run and, you know, even even win it for that region and that team that struggled so much over the last couple of years and, you know, they, they tried to take their name away and then they gave it back, I think it would just be a fantastic story. And finally, I'm just reading here on the NBL website, uh, Brian Gorgian out of the running or has pulled out of the Adelaide 36ers coaching job. Where does that leave them now? Well, Scotty Nettis was very similar to Justin Tatum. He took over the interim coach spot and he did a fantastic job. The players loved him. They all said, this is the guy that we want. And then I thought it was a bit weird that they went out and said, no, we're hunting for Gorgian. When, yeah, this guy's winning games. The players like him. How long has it been since you've had someone in Adelaide where the players actually like the coach. It's been a while. It's been dysfunctional there for a bit. And he's a, he's a club legend. The, the fans like him. So if I'm Scotty Ninnis, I'm saying, hey, well, you've already shown your cards there. Add a zero to whatever you're offering me. Or bump it up by another, another 50 because, you know, you've shown your cards now. He's out of the race and there's no one else you can really go for. I think Trevor Gleeson's floating around potentially maybe for the Kings job if they, if they don't continue with Mark Mood, Albert L. Oh, geez, I butchered that last time. But that's, a, that's, a, that's a tough one when you're sweating and you just finished practice. But, um, yeah, no, I, I, I think they should have gone with Scotty Ninnis in the beginning. I think that um, Brian Gorgian will wait out potentially for a Melbourne job. All right, beautiful. We could, uh, we could talk plenty more, Felix, but we're running out of time. Always a pleasure, my friend. We'll do a beer again soon with Cam and the boys, I'm sure. Um, but appreciate you jumping on. Perfect, a couple, mate, we'll multiple, yeah, but we do so responsibly. Yeah, yeah, be, yeah, we will responsibly. We'll have a couple of waters in between, but we'll, we'll have more than one. <laughs> Good man, Felix, you're a star. Thanks, Thank you for that. Uh, talking all things NBL with Felix Von Hoff, absolute superstar and just all-around good-looking rooster. So uh, that's uh, plenty of NBL action still to come and a big final series coming up as well. We're going to get to a break. Nick Maddinson, not far away.